Hello everyone and welcome to Sagab. This is your host, Badr Amin, author of the book, Happy Life, Summarized Guide and Habits to Self-Development. In this podcast, we aim to find common habits of people in different industries, such as but not limited to sports, investing and business, by identifying their mental and practical habits, routines and recommendations for you as a listener to be able to integrate it to your own life. Thus, the podcast will hopefully help you identify what are the common essentials that contribute significantly and maximize their performance, regardless of the industry. The podcast is divided into two parts, where the guests will talk about the mental practices, self-talk, and who is successful to them, whereas the other part is more into the practical habits and routines integrated into their daily life and the recommendations for the listener. So, please enjoy and take notes. Our guest is Nora Shawqi, founder and creative director of Nora Shawqi Jewelry, a brand showcases fine jewelry collections that combine cultural references with impeccable quality, creating statement pieces with a timeless aesthetic. Nora is a certified diamond graduate from the Gemological Institution of America, received a diamond grader certification from the International Gemological Institute, and has completed a course at L'Ecole Van Cleef & Arpels. To name a few, you can find her brand on Farfetch, Bloomingdale's, and Elevenish. You can find Nora on Instagram at NoraSK, which is N-O-O-R-A-S-K, and the jewelry line at ByNoraShawqi, which is B-Y-N-O-O-R-A-S-H-A-W-Q-I. I would like to thank Nora for being part of this podcast, and without further ado, let's dive in. Nora, thank thanks you so for much. being here. Thank you for having me. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> so I read that they call you the jewelry girl. Is that correct? Yes. And if you would like to know what would be one to three most gifted books or channels that you would recommend, what would those be? Okay, so as for books, I'm not much of a book reader, but mm. I've read a few throughout my life, of course. Okay. Uh, so there are uh, the most things like which I feel affected me until today is uh, two kinds of books, which is The Power of Your Subconscious Mind mm. and You Are a Badass. Mm. So these two books, it's more like uh, a self-development book and self-reflection and how to improve your mindset and your thinking to become a better person. Mm. Uh, it's all in the power of the mind and the power of how you see yourself, So which helps you improve in your personal life, your business life, and uh, throughout, like, all courses of life. Mm. So I feel once I read these books, I took some notes, implemented them in my life, and it actually made a change because I really believe in the power of your subconscious and the power of attraction and the law of attraction and what, like, you attract what you get. With regards to the power of your subconscious mind, Mm. Have you read it, for instance, before starting the jewelry line? Yes. Or before? Yes. I read it uh, when I was in university. Okay. Yeah. And I started my jewelry line maybe, I think, uh, five, six years after that. Okay. Yeah. So, like, how did it help, for instance? Uh, it didn't just help me in develop the jewelry line. It helped me in shaping a lot of things in my life. Okay. Uh, and uh, before I started my jewelry line, I was um, working as well. After mm. I graduated from uni, I started working. Mm. So I actually, before I start working, uh, before um, I start my jewelry line, I didn't have anything 
in mind, like to start my own business. I, it actually was never in my mind, mm. uh, but I always loved jewelry. So that's the thing. I feel like my love for jewelry actually step-by-step step drove me to creating my own jewelry line mm. since um, I believe that uh, I had an eye for it. I'm not the type of person that notices a lot. Like I don't notice details in clothing much. I don't notice details in furniture or uh, interior design and these things. But when it comes to jewelry, I go in full depth with it. That's even before I started studying about it. Mm. So I, I feel like like even whenever I'm in the mall, whenever I shop, I, I wouldn't stop in a clothing store. I would stop in a jewelry store just to sit there and sit with the salespeople and just like look at it, look at the diamonds, look at the stones. Mm. I'd be actually mesmerized with the stones, the luster of the stones, the sparkle of the diamonds and everything. So I feel like step by step, I feel like maybe it just drove me and with the support of uh, the people around me and my circle, it, it actually led to starting my jewelry line unexpectedly. Interesting. Yeah. And whom would you say is successful to you and why? And that could be in business mm. or in terms of family or human relations. To me, I feel success is not someone who is very famous, very known, a multimillionaire. I feel success is something I would call someone successful if they did something for themselves from nothing. So they started from nothing and is, are developing themselves and they reached somewhere alone. They created a name from the, for themselves in terms of, like it's more of a passion for them and they created it. They don't have to be millionaires. They don't have to be famous worldwide or something. I feel like I have so many, I would look up to the people around me as mm. successful people, the people who like reached in positions in their workplace some of my friends, uh, for their hard work and their uh, thinking. They don't have to have their own business. They're actually successful people in their workplace. Even like seeing them getting promoted, I'm actually really happy for them. Uh, seeing them reach this level all by themselves at the young age. And also people who have their own businesses, like Shada Al-Mullah. She, she's, I actually look up to her so much. She's really, really, really hardworking. She's a, an, an amazing mother an amazing person in general. So I really look up to her. Mm. And I, I always tell her, how do you manage your time? Because, <laughs> uh, mashallah, she has uh, four kids and she has an amazing business. So I really look up to her and I always call her for advice. We always talk biz- business with each other. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And now they get to say, whoever yeah. have succeeded from nothing, that yeah. they have started from the bottom and they're here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Would you be looking at specific characteristics or traits in a person to pinpoint that, oh, this is the thing that I would like to have or to implement it in my own life? Yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. And hereby, let's say, Shadar Mullah got some of these traits that you would like to instill it in your own routines or in your own life. Yes. Yes. And is there, since you go to Shadar for a lot of um, advices, In general, is there an advice you remind yourself with and why? Yes, I always try to remind myself that I can do it. You can do it. Yeah, okay. I can do it. And uh, there's no limit to my achievements. So as I told you, I always believe in the power of the mind. So I always feed my mind with positive thoughts mm. to push me to do better. In one of your interviews, mm. okay, <laughs> you mentioned that there's an advice you would give your younger self. 
yeah. is to believe in yourself and take risks. Yeah. Would this is in, in parallel to what you just said or is it every now and then that you would remind yourself with? I have to remind myself mm. frequently about this. Okay. Yes. And as I told you before, I'm a type of person that likes my comfort zone. So taking risks is out of my comfort zone. But mm. yani, alhamdulillah, with the support of my husband who always pushes me <laughs> to take risks, I managed to do so. And yani, I'm always thankful that I did it because mm. taking risks is not only like while I take risk, I don't only achieve, I achieve something within myself that mm. in my personal self, which is also another achievement of taking a risk. You know what mm. I mean? Okay. You mentioned that you would go to malls and you would have your stops at jewelry boutiques yes. or jewelry shops. Yeah. And then you'd be so interested into the details of mm. these jewelries and hence the jewelry line yeah. and with the support of the environment surrounding yeah. you resulted in having a jewelry line. Mm. So do you attribute a purpose to it? In uh, what sense? To the jewelry line. I know it consumes most of your time and that's yeah. where your interest goes into. Is there something that helped you to define, first of all, is there something that helped you define what is your purpose? Yeah, yeah, there was. Actually, when I was working, when okay. I, was, I was having a job, mm. like a governmental job, when I gave birth to my son, mm. I realized that I think I want to do something for myself because I felt like life is too short. Like, you know, you're married, you get a child, uh, things are moving fast. So I I was like, you know, why not do something I love instead? Hmm. And um, so I decided to leave my workplace. And I told my husband that uh, I think I want to study diamonds or jewelry, whatever comes, whatever is on the schedule. Hmm. So I saw that GIA were offering a diamond grading class. So I told him I want to go to it and I want to start studying. Then he's like, are you going to do something with it? Or you're just going to get the certificate? At that time, I did not have anything of, mm. in my mind about starting a business. So I was like, no, I just want to study. I told him from before, I'm not thinking of starting my own business. Mm. So he said, uh, no, you're, if you're going there, you're starting your own thing. I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm not ready. As I told you, I have to stick in my comfort zone. <laughs> so he's like, no, you're going to start something. Mm. You're going to study and you're going to do something after it. Then I was like, I don't know. I'll just see where it takes me. I was, he's like, no, you're starting something. Mm. I know you can and uh, you'll do amazing. Mm. I was like, uh, okay, let's just see where it takes me. So after I studied Diamonds, I was, I was so motivated. Mm. I, it was a really intense course. It was a course, uh, I think, like three, four months. And it was taking all of my time. Like, I would go home with the baby, like, my thanks to my mom. She used to watch my son at that time while I was in the course. So I used to go from the morning until five to six. And then I come home and stay with my family. And then at, like, 10 p.m., 11 p.m., I start my homework, which takes three hours. And it was such a long homework wow. <laughs> every single day. Mm. So it was so intense and they were so strict with grading. They were so strict with time. It was like so many people failed this course because having a GIA certificate is like the strongest certificate worldwide. Mm. So with the grading, they have to, like not everyone's eligible for this certificate unless you get a good grade. So I pushed myself and alhamdulillah, I graduated. 
And that's when I started like researching about uh, what do I wanted to do. So it took time for me to develop my jewelry line because I didn't have, I wanted to develop the brand before developing the jewelry. Mm. And I didn't know what my brand was going to be about. Mm. I wanted it to be different. And then when I went to Sri Lanka, I realized that travel is the key. Okay. Now, going to back to my second question, which yeah. <laughs> I mixed it out and connecting your brand. Yeah. Did you have a purpose that you have connected the brand to? For example, the reason I say purpose, I mean, yeah. like, was there a why to the brand that you have initiated the brand from? In a way that, let's say, your brand yeah. is not for the sake of you doing something that you enjoy only. Yeah, yeah. It is something like to help others um, or... Yeah. Give yeah, them something is, that they will connect there with. There is actually a big purpose which I'm trying to reach and uh, increase awareness of. Mm. So within each collection, as I told you, it's inspired by travel. Mm-hmm. I also inspire to educate the people. Mm. So and uh, so that w- the education has a huge is a huge part of the brand. So it's not only looks. It's not only. Mm like what it's made of it's the story behind it it's what what people should know about it mm. so for example the first collection was uh, Ceylon which is from Sri Lanka I used stones that are not very popular here because when I was in Sri Lanka I've seen like when I go to gem suppliers jewelry stores they were filled with colors and each stone had its own beauty its own characteristics so I wanted like with the collection I made it minimal design but for the stones to pop so it was educating about the stones and at the same time the name of each piece is something connected to Sri Lanka for example uh, one of the pieces is Sripada which is a place in Sri Lanka one of the pieces is called Dondra which is a lighthouse in Sri Lanka there is a heart piece which is called Ratnapura which is a place in Sri Lanka that trade gems. So it was the heart of Sri Lanka to me. Okay. Yeah, and uh, each, like for example, Gaal is a place I went to. One of the collections is Gaal. So each name is something that is with Sri Lanka. Okay, and how thoughts, mm. self-talk and past experiences are shaping the perception? The self-talk and past experiences actually shape a lot of my uh, experience. Okay. Yeah. It shapes a lot to me because like I, I'm not the type of person who would sit alone and reflect alone. Mm. I'm a type of person that I need to talk to someone. Mm. I need to take advice from people. Of course, like I would take advice from several people and sometimes I see that these several people give the same advice. Mm. So I take it and implement it and see if it works for me. So sometimes, of course, it does not work, but I I always need people's help to develop myself. I'm not the type of person that would sit alone and reflect alone mm. on myself. I need to hear some advices. Sometimes I think of it, like in a scenario, like I go, like, maybe I should do this, but I ask, do you think I should do this? I should ask people just to get approval. Okay. <laughs> Is it the right thing to do? Is it, I need, especially like with my husband, I have to talk to him every time just to see, am I in the right path? Hmm. So 
most of the time I just take advice from people just to help me shape and go to which direction I need to be to go to. Let's say, for example, you took an advice from someone hmm. who is, let's say, not experienced in a specific area. Hmm. Would you apply it or you would um, try to reflect? Sometimes it would make sense to apply it. Hmm. Like um, sometimes it's a very logical advice that it's, it actually makes a lot of sense. So in that term, I would actually apply it. Because, you know, I feel like each person's mindset, each person's thinking is different. So I like to collect different thoughts from people just to see how are people thinking and if it applies. Because I feel like maybe I have a different kind of thinking and maybe I should listen to other people and how they think. It actually is uh, very diverse. And if they are all different, you said you're going to yeah, take yeah. opinions yeah. from different people and they are all different, not the yeah, same. Yeah. What would you do? I actually, Roll a dice? <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, before I launched my collection, my first collection, my brand and everything, okay. I my the problem is I took too many advices. Mm. So I was stuck. Every person was giving a different. As I told you, I have to take advices, but mm. I was taking too many I was asking here and there, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And and each person said a different opinion. And then I realized that what I was asking is for their opinion in taste of a thing or a product hmm. or a collection. So then one girl who was my friend, Hasa Shafar, she told me, you know, you can't satisfy all tastes. You have to go with your heart. You have to think, okay, so this is, this is what I want to do. You can't find a product that everyone loves. Each person has a different opinion. So just go with what you feel confident for. And that's the advice I took. And what thoughts dominate your mind on life? Would you say life is hard or life is easy? I feel like it's more like take it day by day. Okay. Yeah, I have to take it day by day. And uh, I always go like you you attract what you... Hmm. It's all about the attraction. And there's no not one specific thought that dominates it. I feel like it's more like of the energy that I have to take in. Hmm. Like I, I choose, I always try to choose the positive energy hmm. just to take in, yeah. With what thoughts do you start an end of a job or a task? Would you say, I cannot do it? Or the other way around, of course, or the confidence of achieving. And is there any questions you ask to assess yourself or to assess the endeavor? So when I start a job, as I told you, I have to pre-plan it. Okay. Always pre-planning. Sometimes if it's a last minute, I get uh, really nervous. Mm. I get really irritated. It doesn't help me perform good. So I can do it. I always, يعني, alhamdulillah, يعني, I, I manage to get it done. But uh, I always have to pre-plan it to perform better. So before I perform, I have to manage my day. I have to manage my personal life as well in, in terms of the kids. Where will they be while I work? How, who will watch them. I have to schedule my time and that's how I pre-plan it. Mm. So, and once it's planned, I always get it done. Mm. I have to get it done. I will not shift to something else until it's done. I have to be on schedule all the mm. time. In terms of designing, I can't really plan it. It's more of a motivation to design. It comes naturally, I feel. Like, um, sometimes people go like, okay, when are you designing your next collection? I go like, uh, I'm not sure when it comes to me, it will. Mm-hmm. I can't force it. You know what I mean? Because I tried forcing it a couple of times. It didn't work out. Mm. 
the designs didn't, or they weren't like as I expected it to be. So I feel like it comes naturally. And when it comes naturally and I start designing and then the research falls into place, the elements fall into place, what I want to do, and like everything literally falls into place once it's motivated. Hmm. Yeah. You reminded me of, there's this saying that says, if you give me seven hours, mm. I will do, I will consume six hours to prepare for the task. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's me. I, I do it the day before as well. <laughs> do you practice prayer meditation and or visualization that helps you in achieving goals? Uh, yes. I feel like a lot of my achievements is alhamdulillah from God. And there's this thing my mom always tells me, mm. which means surrender yourself to God. And he's he, he's like, in other words, he can handle He's handling it. So she always tells me, you do what you can and the rest is on God. So I always do. And uh, when you have this belief that it's uh, going to be, it's going to work out, I feel it will. Okay, um, you mentioned that if you want to be in your creative zone, mm. it will come to you. And this is something that I came across as well in reading Magic Thinking, mm. I think, by Elizabeth. Okay. I'm not remembering the other name. Yeah. Is there any anything that you would do to condition that environment to help you yeah. get that creativity out? It has to be... Look, some people actually go to cafes. They go to change mm. the environment. They They like to sit in noisy places. I'm the complete opposite. I need silence. And I don't want to go to a cafe. I don't need a change in environment. I need my environment. I mm. need my place. Mm. And just silence. No kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they're not old enough yeah, to listen to so, this. <laughs> so when I feel like, okay, now I need research and everything, I have to make sure that it's me time. It's I have a couple of hours for me time. At least I don't have to complete the task when I design. Mm. I have to initiate it. Okay. So at least tomorrow I do the second half and then I continue. Because of course, design doesn't take one day. It takes time and it takes adjustments and takes rethinking and revisiting your thoughts. And so I just need to, I, once I'm motivated, I have to make at least a couple of hours a day for me mm. just to sit and think and study and redesign and uh, remake and approve and everything. Okay, so as a segue to what you just said, would you design or go to a place that will boost your performance? You have mentioned locking a couple of hours and mm. then you have mentioned silence and distraction-free yeah. zone. Yeah. So is there a place that you would design that would have these so that the moment you go into that, let's yeah. say, comfort zone, yeah, yeah, you it, just flow into it? Yeah, it's a place in my house. It's like an office. Mm. Uh, so once I uh, launched my business, I created an office space. Mm. And uh, there I just close the door. Okay. <laughs> and I just print papers or uh, use my iPad and uh, some pinpoints and mm. uh, sketch in the iPad and like list everything down. So I used to do also a <clears throat> chart. I used to uh, get a chart from the store. And I used to just pin some photos and connect them and see if this will work, this won't work. Mm. Okay, and this question is usually like a follow-up. And would you prefer doing these creative zone at a specific hours in the day? Yes. Like, do you 
usually do it at the same hours or kind of nearby same hours? Actually, this is something funny. Since I was in school and university, okay, I actually believe my brain does not function after the sunsets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot work. I cannot study. I cannot do anything once the sun is down. Mm. The only time I feel like I was forced to do it is, as I told you, when I was in the GIA, because we used to study until like five and six. Mm. So then I come home and I stay with my kid and my husband and everything. And at night I used to do my homework, but oh my God, it used to take me three hours to complete it because I was so tired. Mm. I really believe I'm a morning person. Mm. I work best when I wake up and I have my breakfast. After that, I'm so energized to work. Mm. Like even in school and university, I'm not the type of person that would study midnight like all of my friends. <laughs> they used to study always at night. I'm always done by 5 p.m. Mm. Like I would come home, I'd eat and not study. Mm. Then by the time it's 5 and 6, I cannot absorb any more information. Mm. So I'm always the type of person that has to work during the day. I'm At night, It's I'm so not creative. I'm so not motivated. I'm just... I, I want to shut down at that time. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And uh, let's say during this day hours, hmm. would you say you lock different tasks to different hours? Yes, because... Um, so you mentioned research and you mentioned an actual work. So I'm assuming maybe the research could be at other hours. Uh, no, not in that sense. It would just flow. Okay. Yeah, so whatever comes first would flow. Sometimes I design and I go like... For example, I'm designing in Morocco, I'm designing the architecture element. And then I go like, no, this wouldn't work. So then I go back to research and I research hmm. some different element, architectural elements, shapes and sizes and colors and these things. So I would shuffle between them. Okay. There is no pattern to designing because I feel like once I'm stuck somewhere, I would shift to something else and then hmm. I would go back to that one. Hmm. So, All right. Yeah. Interesting. And what beliefs, habits or behaviors adopted recently improved your life greatly? Time management, for sure. Hmm. Time management is was the key. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I will tell you something. The hardest job in my life, like not, not studying for an exam, not working for a government entity, not my business, but being a mom, hmm. it is out of your control in terms of, like, for example, your kid is sick. You can't manage the time for that. They're your priority. So, and it's a full-time job. Like you can get a break whenever you want from your own business. When you're working in a company, you can, you have working hours. And when you're done, you're done. But being a mom is like a full-time job. There is no time for it. But when you try your best to manage your time, like if you want to work on your business, now currently I'm working when my son is in school and when my daughter is getting her nap. So that's the easiest time for me to work. Mm. So I would get so many things done at that time. So I feel like time management is really, really important. Mm. And sometimes it's out of your control, but you still manage to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's hard, but we're still developing it. And as I told you, I'm a type of person that has to get everything <laughs> pre-planned. But since I became a mom, it's uh, it's almost not according to plan. <laughs> Everything's going sideways. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, you're working and then you, my kid comes to me, goes like, please play with me and I don't know what. So 
And I and I told you once I get the work when once I get started, it has to be done. Mm. So sometimes you have to compromise. You have to go to your kids. Sometimes you compromise and tell them that I'm uh, here. It's like mom, mom is working, so I'll I'll come to you in 10, 15 minutes. Mm. So it's more like shuffling and knowing how to manage it, and at the same time, not reducing time with your kids and not reducing time with your business. Mm. Okay, so. The balance, is there any specific task that you'd say, if I finish this, then the rest I could maybe delegate or I can just finish it in, in a very short amount of yeah. time where it's not that important, really? Uh, no, look, the thing is of having your own business is you can choose when to finish a task. Okay. Yeah. So you, unless it's not required by a second party or a third party, hmm. You can choose, but if there is something required by someone else mm. who is depending on you, I have to get it done. But if it's like, for example, now I decided to design something, I'm inspired, I want to design, mm. but there is no deadline for me yet in designing. So I would compromise the designing process and spend more time with them. Mm. Unlike the times when I have deadlines. When I have deadlines, I would make sure that um, it goes uninterrupted and uh, I would finish stuff on time. Hmm. All right. And when challenges, fears, failures hit, hmm. what steps are taken? If it helps, what questions do you ask yourself? The thing is, I freeze. I freeze and I think a lot and I overthink and I over overthink. Okay. <laughs> so I keep overthinking. But as I mentioned, I need to surround myself with uh, positive people and people who are in the business. Hmm. That's my biggest drive. And as well as my husband, he, he has a lot of experience in the business and not jewelry business, but in general in business. So I have to talk to him every time. He tells me, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. So I have to get some direction. And even if I sit with my friends that have their own businesses, them talking, just, it's not even an advice. It's them discussing and saying, yeah, we're going to launch this. We're going to do this. It actually motivates me so much to overcome whatever challenges that happens. It's more like a drive and energy that flows in me once I hear people talking about their own businesses and they're, mm. it's so motivating. It's so like, it reminds me of like, we can do it, we can overcome it easily. It's just a bump in the road. Mm -hmm. So just hearing them and just listening, so taking some advice from my husband and these things, it just drives me. Right. What three concepts? beliefs and habits should others adopt? I feel uh, time management is, uh, mm. for me, it's like really important. Okay. And I feel believing in yourself is a big role and believing you can do it is something really big. Like it can help you reach places, just you believing in yourself. Mm. So you are a jewelry designer. So <laughs> there should be some fans around you or some customers. So let's say, <laughs> fans would want to copy your footsteps. Yeah. Where should they start? I actually was approached because, uh, as you mentioned in the introduction, I have a blogging account, mm -hmm. which is uh, Nora SK on Instagram. So before I start my jewelry line, I started blogging just to study the market and mm -hmm. study the audience reaction and study everything. Mm -hmm. So I used that account and it grew, it grew a lot. And um, people are started like knowing me as the jewelry girl. Mm. So once I started my business, I was approached by a couple of uh, young girls and they're asking me, 
how, like, what do you think, how, if I want to start my own business, what do you think I should do? I always, the main advice I give them is always know what you're selling. For example, now when you sell something expensive, you have to know the ins and outs of it. Like what kind of stone are you selling? What kind of diamonds are you selling? Because people are paying big money for it. Mm. So it's important for you to know what the factory, the manufacturer are giving you. So it's really, really important in my perspective that they should know and learn what they're making and what they're selling. Mm. Just to, to be more confident in the business and to, since people are paying big money for it, at least they get what they're said they're getting. And it helps a lot in, uh, to ethically improve. Okay. Yeah. And to ethically establish the brand in a positive note. All right. This is the end of the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much. for being Thank here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.